This program is brought to you by A to B Media Partners. Be sure to listen to the After Two Beers podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. Also, make sure to visit www.aftertwobeers.com. Some coffee smells like piss. It smells like cat pee. Dead serious. The coffee that they brew upstairs smells like cat pee. Yeah, maybe that's just somebody doing a practical joke. <laughs> Ew, come on. I am not aware of that. I, I want to smell this now. Are they hiring? <laughs> uh, oh, sounds like a good place to work. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Please save me. Save you. It's going to take more than Jesus. Welcome to the After Two Beers podcast. I'm Dutch Dalton, joined as always by Kimmy Gabler. That's me. We also have AJ sitting in with us. Hello. We are recording in the A to B studios at the Innovation Center in downtown Richmond, Indiana. Make sure you visit aftertwobeers.com. You can buy some of our Drunk Hunt t-shirts. They were great as stocking stuffers. Or if you just uh, need to wash a car or do some dusting around the house. <laughs> but we got plenty of those available. You can also find links to our social media pages, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And lastly, but most importantly to our financial backing is we have a Patreon logo that is on the page itself that you can click on, which will allow you to become an official sponsor of After Two Beers. And we want to make sure that we thank Mr. Brad Boone for doing that for us. He was on our show. Yes. Speaking of being on our show, tonight we welcome a new co-host, and that is Mr. Jason Falcone. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you, Jason, for being here. Thank you for having me tonight. Now, Gibbler, if they're listening to our show and they enjoy it, Make sure that you subscribe, then rate us, and then share us. That's right. In addition to the fact that Jason brought us a pie for dinner, um, he also sent us some notes of things to discuss today. And I just want to thank you for going over and above what you needed to do as a guest on our show. That like this is impressive. Like we may have you back next week and the following week, and if you could start writing the history the segments, <laughs> we'll be set. Now, here's the first note, and we're going to go down. There's a few of these bullet points, and we're just going to hit on a few of them. Uh, the first being, and I've you've told me some of the backstory on this, and it's already a phenomenal story. But it says, "I smell titties," drawing <laughs> dicks on desk from a father's perspective. <laughs> now, I smell titties. Tell us about you and the titty smelling. <laughs> well, so my my daughters are in middle school, and obviously, when we've all gone through middle school, we know what that time in our lives was like. So it's a. I, I'm going to tell you right now, that is the worst way to start <laughs> off. Tell me about the smelling titties, <laughs> and then you go into your middle school kids. <laughs> you, Jason, you better turn this around real fast, buddy. <laughs> well, I brought a lie detector test with me too, so we're, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, so uh, so my daughter comes home from school and she tells my wife that she and a bunch of her friends are uh, in classroom and uh, a boy that's also a friend of theirs, he walks into the uh, class, lifts his hands up in the air real loud and just yells, I smell titties! And <laughs> he did it in class? Just right there in class. So, And he's wow. a friend of theirs, so just you know, come out and do so it. So are you impressed because this might have been 13-year-old you? I, I was a little bit more shy. I, I probably would. Really? I would have been laughing in the back, yeah. but um, so I would have never guessed that in a million years. <laughs> Well, so, you know, as the, the father in me, of course, I want to um, mentor and counsel my, my daughter and be like, you know, hey, I think this is a, uh, it's probably just the best thing for him to do or say. But in the back of my mind, I'm I'm trying not to laugh my ass off right. because my wife is cracking up behind me the whole time. So <laughs> she's not holding it in, but I'm trying to keep it tight there. So, 
So uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a good time. And then uh, he, does he draw the dicks? Does he? Yeah. So this is also the same boy apparently that he goes on some, some of the kids, no matter who it is, their desk with a highlighter, and he he draws a giant dick with hair. And so my daughter's like, he draws a penis with hair. <laughs> And, and she, of course, emphasized on well, the Well, holy part, shit, so. those don't even happen anymore. Right. They don't have hair anymore. <laughs> Tell him if he doesn't put the hair on it, it will look bigger, and he doesn't have to use any more ink. <laughs> I'm, not any, I'm not talking to any of these middle schoolers. <laughs> so did you call little Johnny's dad and, <laughs> no, I and say, I, I want to hang out with you? Oh. You clearly are raising him right. <laughs> well, I figure he'll be on this podcast in about 10 years, so that's probably what <laughs> um, Only if Patreon sponsors keep coming in. <laughs> now, now here's, there's so many good ones on here. I feel bad not using them all, but let's go to this one, because this one's right up Gibbler's Alley. It says, holiday <laughs> farts bring significantly worse than regular farts. What about holiday farts smell worse? Well, think about the things you're consuming and drinking extra throughout that time of year. I mean, most folks are probably not eating hard-boiled eggs all day long or... Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right? Know. Why was this up my alley? You were the one eating deviled eggs today. Well, right. Luckily for both of you, they must have not completed digestion yet because I don't feel it. AJ gets that. Oh, yeah. She's going to get the old Dutch oven later. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the amount of turkey that's consumed, eggs, whatever you want to think about. You know, all those things are going through. So, And then you're in confined spaces shopping. So, of course, it even amplifies. <laughs> I right? will say I did buy the microphone. This is a brand new mic today. And I was crop dusting like some bitch walking through that store. <laughs> now, are you a claimer or are you a blamer? Oh, no. I, I, I believe if you listen to this show, you know that I'm a claimer. I have no problem. Like, if it's good, I will I will giggle about it. <laughs> He's giggling. He's walking around getting high fives. Yeah, I yeah. look over. I peer around the corner. Well, it is a trophy. <laughs> but I'll also be the kind of guy that'll be walking through Walmart and I'll let one go and then I'll take off running and the kids are behind me. You know, so that's when they said their first cuss word. Oh, well, <laughs> such a bonding such a moment. I, I love how happy he is about all of the titties and farting on kids. And you're like my idol. <laughs> Pies, titty, and farts. Oh, man. You are the. You're Welcome the, to December. Right. They call are that. You my dad. <laughs> they call that the trifecta. <laughs> all right. So now we're going to jump into something we haven't done for a while, and that's our Urban Dictionary Word of the Week. And part of it was because I just I couldn't find anything on there that was that interesting. Now, Jason, you brought a word to us this week that we looked up that we had never heard of. I thought you had said twat. You actually said thought. Yes, thought. <laughs> oh, which is spelled T-H-O-T. And being the old 40-year-olds that we are, Gibbler had to look it up. I did look it up. And what is, exactly is a thought? So T-H-O-T thought means that hoe. Over there. That who over there? That who over there. <laughs> Is this a popular a word? Apparently. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he has children that are. Well, they're not. They're not saying famous. thought yet, but. Uh, not that you know of it. Yeah, they're not saying the dad. So where okay. did you hear the word thought? I've just heard it from different people that I've run into, or on TV, or anything else. Really? Social media. Well, you must be more into stuff than I am. You know, I spend a lot of time. I've been toilet, like, why are they calling him a? Why are they calling him a tater tot? I don't get a, it. A thought. All right, Gibbler, it's time for our After Two Beers history segment. I love the A to B history part. I love it. Now, this week, much like last week, the A to B history segment is brought to us by the Cordial Cork, located on Northeast Street. It's a really cool place. You can go in and try different wines. They serve food. They have desserts. Uh, And in the summer, they actually have wine slushies. They do. Yeah, good stuff. So uh, we highly recommend that you go to the Cordial Cork. I did see... And I posted this on our Facebook page yesterday. So if you're listening to the show about a week ago, 
It is one of those inflatable Christmas decorations that you can put on your front yard. I'm in. And it is the Winnebago from Christmas Vacation. It is the most tacky, ugly thing I've ever seen, and I want it so bad. <laughs> would you stand out there in a white bathrobe with a hose? I would. I, you know nice. what? I may actually make that happen before the end of the year. We I should think send that should out, be your December 13th costume. Yeah, we should send out A to B Christmas cards, and it should be me out there with the shitters full. I will I will be the old it's lady good. that likes a squeaky sound. <laughs> right. No, the blessing. No, the blessing. Grace. Congratulations. She died years Told ago. The <laughs> All right. Now, Jason, this history wagon is just continuing to grow and evolve. And each week we asked our guests to add something to it. And it's your turn. So we've got all kinds of things. We got bumper stickers, and we've got random paint. We've got koozies with AJ's throw up on them. We've got carpeted walls that you don't want to put a black light up to. We have rusted pieces that fall off. Yes, the heater doesn't work. Camo on one side, painted with right. primer, obviously. And and I don't know how we keep forgetting this one. And the, the horn is La Cucaracha. <laughs> yeah. And it sticks on like, like that the whole time. My question to you, good sir, what are you adding to the A to B history wagon? I thought long and hard about this. And um, how about a windsock? Yes. Ooh. Now we windsock. Very nice. Because if touch. you're if you're camped or just sitting. Right. In case planes need to know how they need to land directionally. In case you're crop dusting, you want to know which direction <laughs> the wind is to, going. You want to advertise something. Yeah. No, so what is the windsock? Well, the windsock is just going to have a saying on it. Just a saying. Yeah. So it's not like one of those crazy wind people that are like No, no. That, what's that? Okay. An inflatable fly guy or whatever. Yeah. So, what, yeah. is, what is the saying? Shitter's full. Shitter's Very full. Very nice. I love it. I actually love that. Why isn't that a flag? It should be. It should be. I thought it was going to say, I smell titties. <laughs> <laughs> you can write that with soap in the windows. <laughs> I smell titties. <laughs> All right. Well, we are getting into our A to B history, and we are focusing. Last week, we focused on the Indianapolis Colts and how they ended up in Indianapolis versus Baltimore. And this week, we're staying in Indianapolis again. And we're going to talk about a guy named Tony Caritas. Caritas. Doesn't sound familiar. Caritzis. Caritzis. Tony Caritzis. We're going to call him Tony after He's I get this name like right. going to be Tony K. Tony K. We're just going to call him Tony. Now, Tony was born on August 13, 1932 in Indianapolis. He attended Ben Davis High School, and his principal called him a very good student. And after high school, he served two years in the Army working with small arms. Versus large arms? Yeah. It's more of a T-Rex thing. It's like a T-Rex thing. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> You know why T-Rexes are always upset? could masturbate. No. <laughs> it's hard to put a fitted sheet on. It's because they got all them teeth and can't brush their teeth. <laughs> They're um, doula abdangata. So uh, people said about old Tony here that he had a hot temper. At 26 years old, he owned a mobile home park. Very good. Now, Tony liked things orderly, and one of the ways that he would keep things orderly, he would carry around a shotgun to enforce the rules. I mean, that's one way to keep things orderly. Right. And he, uh, he apparently he put up a speed limit sign throughout the trailer park. And the speed limit was five miles per hour. And uh, if you got above five, Tony would whip out the old shotgun and pull people Are you over. Serious? I'm dead serious. 
And uh, I don't even know if my car goes five miles per hour. Like, you can't even push the gas at all. Right. It's just in neutral. Right. Uh, so, Police Sergeant Love said at 34, Tony shot at his brother twice over some money. This is hothead Tony. That'll earn him. Well, you know what? You don't fuck with Tony. Apparently not. <laughs> Tony K don't play that way. He don't play Tony K. <laughs> forget about That's too forget about He was arrested, but the charges were dropped. Seven years later, at the age of 41, there was a couple guys from Citizen Gas Utility, and they were on his property. And uh, they were trying to install a gas line that ran under his trailer, but uh, Tony wasn't having it. He cornered the two guys with an axe. An axe? An axe, and he was pissed off. (laughs) So (laughs) between the shotgun and the axe, this guy, uh, Tony's not well-balanced. It doesn't sound like it. No, no. Now, he was arrested again, but as before, no charges were filed. So he shot at his brother, and he's held two people up with axes, and his criminal record at this point is clean. Good for him. (laughs) Another police story. He chased his sister with an axe. Another axe victim. Yes. <laughs> Where do you get axes all the time? I don't know. Maybe he made them in his campground. I don't know. Or his trailer park. Um, <laughs> they. Uh, he was arrested again. But you're not going to believe this. Did he get a charge? No charges were filed. Holy smokes. So this guy has a criminal history with both guns and uh, axes. But everything's cool in the clutch. And a really good relationship with the prosecutor. Apparently. Right. He must have had some dirt on him yeah. or something. Now, a lot of people, despite the fact that he had a hell of a temper, said he was actually a really nice guy. And yeah. and so it really just depended on what Tony you knew. I don't like your tone. I don't like your Tony, Tony. <laughs> I don't like your tone. You want my... Ba- <laughs> I don't put a sweater or knife in right. your face. You're like, yeah, keep Tony nice, otherwise you get the axe. So the other thing that was interesting about Tony is he actually owned some land that was at the corner of Lynnhurst and Rockville Road. Uh, it was 17 acres, and it's about two miles away from the corner of 16th and Georgetown. So if you're a Indy fan or IMS fan, you kind of have an idea where he's at. He owned this land, and his goal was he wanted to create a strip mall, but he'd gotten behind on some payments. Now, he believed that the reason that no one had come into the strip mall yet was the mortgage company realized that this land was worth a lot of money. And so what they wanted to do was basically buy the land back. They were going to foreclose on him. But really what had happened... So strip mall. Strip mall, not, not a strip, strip club. club. No, okay. no. And he was actually behind on his payments by $130,000. Oh, is that all? Just one hundred and thirty. dollars The uh, The company, uh, Meridian Mortgage, was given in breaks, but early in 1977, the mortgage company decided they had to foreclose on the property. And so Tony... Mr. Anger. Oh, did he flip out? Mr. Shotgun. Mr. Carrying axes around. No, he scheduled, He did something very normal. He scheduled an appointment with the mortgage company. <laughs> yeah. Let's so talk it out. Right. So he walks in to, into the meeting, and he's got a long flower box with him. And he sat down and waited. And he waited for a gentleman to show up. And the gentleman's name was Richard Hall. Richard, all Richie. All Richie. Richard walked back to his office, and Tony joined him. It's that point. Now, this is going to become a shocker to uh, everybody here. There weren't actually flowers in that box. (laughs) (laughs) What? Right? It wasn't an axe either. It was a sawed-off shotgun that Tony had brought, and he slammed Richard into the wall, and then he put what he called a dead man's line on Mr. Hall. What is a dead man's line? So what it was is he had a metal cable that wrapped around 
Hall's throat. Oh, and that's then, not aggressive at all. No, and then it was tied to the shotgun that was pointing, and it was resting right on the back of his neck. So the gun is is facing the back of Hall's head. Then the cable ran down the barrel of the gun onto Tony's finger. And so if Tony was shot and fell down, the gun would go off and blow Hall's head off. Well, all right. Yes. And so he called the police. Called the police? Uh, Mr. Uh, Tony here. So he called the police on himself. He called. Well, he called him and told him that he's like, I've got a hostage. I've got a gun I'm wired to the back out. of his head. And he was at 129 East Market. He's in right downtown Indianapolis. And he calls and says, hey, I'm going to blow this guy's head off if I don't get what I want. But he didn't know what he wanted, which was the wildest part. I mean, he wanted somebody to go back in time and pay that $130,000 yeah, that he didn't pay. Yeah. So okay. he walks Hall down the street and then just takes him on a walk through downtown Indianapolis with this gun on the, back of, on his on the back of his head. Let me show you guys a picture of this. He has this dead man line, and he's walking Hall down the street with this thing wired to the back of his head. Oh, wow. Now, the, the weirdest thing about this was cops were showing up on scene, but they really didn't know what to do. They were just running down the street. And the other thing that was interesting, AJ and I were watching, a, there's a documentary on it, and uh, it's called Dead Man's Line. It's on uh, Prime right now. I highly recommend that you watch it. But the streets were dirtier than hell. I don't remember downtown Indianapolis being that dirty. There was trash everywhere. Like the alleys were just covered in it. I think it was really? like that until the mid 80s. Yeah, it's it's shocking because I think downtown Indianapolis now is really nice. Yeah. But like looking at it back then it was horrible. So he he's walking this guy down the street and he walks down uh, Meridian Street and then they fall down. And then oh God. and when they fall Tony lay in there, and fortunately for Mr. Hall, he fell with him, and so the gun didn't go oh, off. Shit. And they said Tony was shocked, like he was surprised that the gun didn't go off. And when he started to get up, they noticed that in his pants, he also had a pistol, and he was adjusting the pistol. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. With <laughs> right, <this>. and he's <laughs> and he's wearing a short sleeve shirt. It's minus five degrees out that day. Hall's just wearing a button down shirt, and they're walking down the street with. And Hall is is calm and composed. As and you can go out and YouTube and watch this or watch that video. You can literally watch them walking down the street. I would have not been that composed. I would have had pee pants on. Oh, it's amazing. He, and the reason he was walking all over downtown, he couldn't find his car. He he forgot <laughs> where he parked. Like I walked out of Meyer last night, and it took me a little bit to find out where I parked the car. But fortunately for me, I didn't have a man with a with a sawed off shotgun wired to his head. Right. So he does the most logical thing you can do. Is he oh. makes a police officer get out of his car. He climbs in. Hall climbs into the driver's seat, and he makes Hall drive. And they drove to Tony's house, whose apartments. He lived in uh, Crestwood Village. And so they get to the house, and they went up to Tony's apartment, and he held him hostage for three days. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, the police, they had snipers that had beads on him the whole time, but he had wired the inside of his house and he had these plates, and these plates had a burning candle on top of them, and underneath it were cans of gasoline. So if you shot and broke the glass, you're basically going to turn this inside of this apartment into an inferno. And he stayed awake the whole time over these course of this three days. Tony did. I mean, did. crazy will make you do some crazy. Yes. Stuff. Now here's the funniest part. 
Tony's friends started calling him on his phone. Like, hey, man, what are you doing? You're being crazy right now. I'm seeing you on TV. I love you, man, but you're crazy. <laughs> I can't believe you wore that shirt to take somebody hostage. <laughs> it was cold out. Why didn't you have long sleeve? <laughs> but then we're talking about the late 1970s. His phone number was in the phone book. And people started calling him and chatting with him. <laughs> and he's chatting with them. And the line was busy, so the police couldn't talk to him. So they cut the line. Oh, well, yeah, they didn't have call waiting. Right. <laughs> they cut the line. And they gave him a new phone number, and then somehow that number got out, and people started calling it. And so then they cut that line. They ended up giving him his third line. Eight six seven five three zero nine. That's right. And uh, so here we are. We got this issue, and in addition to the fact that they have a two-day FBI course guy that's trying to do negotiations, <laughs> the lead prosecutor was in California at a seminar. So the chief deputy prosecutor, his guy's name's David Rinstilt. He was 27 years old, and he's the guy that's got to figure out how we're going to get ourselves out of this situation. I mean, he must have stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. (laughs) He looked so young that nobody on scene thought he was in charge. So they actually had somebody else go up and talk, and that person had no idea what they were doing. He was basically just playing a part because they were afraid the 27-year-old didn't look realistic enough. Now, the only guy, this, this story just gets even better. The only person that Tony would talk to, the only person he trusted, was a local radio personality. And the guy's name was Fred Heckman. He worked at WIBC. He was like the most trusted guy in the news at the time. And so he kept calling Fred, and Fred would call him. And they were chitting and chatting. And they recorded a, a conversation that they had, and they played it. Is this like the original podcast? Kind of, yeah. All right. Yeah. Only there's a guy with a, a shotgun Good. wired around right. his throat. Yeah. Now, this guy's dropping MFers on the radio like it's his job. <laughs> and they, so it was then, the original podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when they started talking to him, they realized that they didn't, Tony really didn't have a plan. His only plan was to kidnap this guy and then get him back to his apartment. And then he didn't know what he wanted. So finally, he started making up demands. He wanted $5 million. But then he wanted to make sure it was after taxes. He didn't want to pay taxes on it. Like, you got to give the guy credit. Like, the guy's got to be tired by now, and he's got a guy hostage, but he's still worried about his taxes. So then he said he wanted an apology from the mortgage company. But then my favorite request, he wanted off scot-free. He he wanted immunity. He didn't want to go to jail for this. It wasn't his fault. Good luck, bro. Right? And the chief deputy prosecutor, old Rimstilt, Said, all right, we'll give it to you. Bullshit. And that was the setup. So then all these police were outside, but also all the media. And this actually became a big deal throughout the entire world because this entire process was going on live. And the police and the FBI would report back to the media. The media would immediately say what was happening. And the whole time Tony's watching it and knowing what's happening. Like, they're bringing in explosive experts, and, and Tony's hearing all of this. So then he finally, at the very end of this, he takes him downstairs, and he does a press conference. And it's the craziest press conference, and this thing went live. And it was at night, and uh, at the time, it was the People's Choice Awards, and <laughs> John Wayne was accepting an award, and they broke in, and they go live, and this is national and here's this guy dropping MFers on national television for 22 minutes with this guy with a shotgun around his head. 
and the deputy, the police, uh, the police chief is standing there, and he's got a gun in one hand and a handkerchief in another. And he says, if I pull out the handkerchief, we're going, I'm going to shoot this guy. And they had done studies to find out where the best place was to shoot him. And they said the best place to shoot somebody was below the ear behind it. And they said it'll, it'll kill him instantly. And somebody else's job was either to try to raise the shotgun in the air or to run a metal bar through the hammer so it wouldn't, wouldn't fire. But he had covered it in a sheath to make sure that wouldn't happen. This guy had gone through all this research. He thought of everything. He did. And so when he finally got his apology and he knew that he wasn't going to be arrested, he let, he let him go. And guess what? He was arrested. No. <laughs> he went to trial and was found not guilty due to insanity. insanity. Yes. Well, obviously. They announced the verdict on, not, on live national television. And what had happened is Tony had become almost like a cult hero. And when they announced it, the verdict at the Pacers game, the crowd stood up and cheered. Are you serious? Yes, this guy who held a gun to somebody's head and walked him around for three days, people were cheering when they let him go. And this guy had already had previous issues with firing guns at his own family. And axes. And axes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's the wildest part. He could have went free after six months if he agreed to take a psych evaluation. But he was so stubborn, he wouldn't do it. And he ended up being in, in the psych ward for 10 years. And then... In 1988, they let him free, and he lived until the ripe old age of 72 and passed in in 2005. I was gonna say, is he still like no and died naturally? But no, all the way up until 2005, this guy just walking down the street, throwing axes, throwing axes, and this happened in downtown Indianapolis. That's insane. And and I'm so like I've lived here my whole life. I am surprised I had never heard this story. I've never heard it either. And the only reason I, I heard of it was I'm flipping through Prime one night. It's probably 2 in the morning. I probably had too much to drink, and I'm looking for something to, to kill time with. And I see this picture, and I start reading. I go, holy shit, this is an indie? I know a podcast this would be perfect on. So that's our A to B history story this week. And uh, after this all happened, the, people started reexamining everything. First well, of all, yeah. uh, they, you know, you can't it's, – it's the whole idea that you can't – negotiate with a terrorist because then everyone's going to ask for immunity. If one person gets off, then everybody expects to get off. And then the second thing that's was what how she said, that's what she, she yeah, jokes on her. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other big thing that came out of this as a broadcasting major is it changed how television stations were covering these things live. Because literally, if there were a lot of MFers, if you go back and look at that video, well, well, well the, stra- the strategy that they were telling that, that it was going on, yeah, I'm watching stuff well, on TV. No, the fact that they're doing the press conference, and he's got that gun still lodged in the back of his head, and at any given time, he could have blown that man's head off on national television, and people would have seen it. Well, anyway, that's our A to B history story for the week. I hope you all enjoyed it, and we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to come back with our news segment. We've got some stories that we thought it'd be kind of funny to go over. I'm ducking and everything. Die in the house. I'm, I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. Can I ask you, if you won all the money, what would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. Oh, okay. That's not good. <laughs> well, I just had got done feeding my chickens, watering them and stuff, and 
I walked back to my house there to get my phone so I could play a video game on it. Told them they need to get out of that water, but say I didn't know he was getting eat up a bees. I thought he was just high. Now we're going to jump into our news segment brought to us by Screddy Pyrotechnics. Make sure you look at those guys on Facebook. The cool thing about Screddy Pyrotechnics is they can do all kinds of shows. They can do small shows. They can do large shows. They can do them as large as a city, you know, a city launch. But you could also do them for your backyard or whatever you need to do. So Birthday parties. Yeah. Divorce parties. Whatever. Whatever you want to celebrate. It's uh, Screddy, S-C-A-R-R-E-T-T-E. Pyrotechnics and displays, again, the best place to probably find them is on Facebook. So we are going to jump into our first story here. This one, to me, reminded me of, like, medieval times, but taken too far. Like, you see all this cosplay now with Renaissance festivals. So the U.K. prosecutors claim that a woman arranged a medieval duel to the death between her husband and her lover to win her affection. Oh, wow. Yeah. The young lady, Ashta... 35, had just left her husband when she met a 25-year-old Mantis. He was a prisoner in Lithuania. She met him online. Yeah? Yeah, that right there should have told her first problem. Sounds like she's the Mantis. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, After his release from prison, the prisoner traveled to London and began an affair with Ashta, according to the reports. Now, since both men claimed Ashta was their own, she allegedly arranged for the two men to settle the matter through a medieval duel in Stafford Alleyway in East London. Her husband was stabbed to death on June 17th with at least 35 wounds to the neck, chest, and shoulder. So it was legit, like real swords. Yes, this wasn't just out. They weren't out there. They weren't like Nerf swords. Right. They're not out there with like wooden sticks. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a real duel. Yes. And uh, the prosecutor, Hugh Davies, Described the duel as a murderous assault with a single-bladed knife with death as the inevitable outcome. Ashta has denied charges that she has manipulated the two men and, and obstructed the investigation, and her trial is ongoing. It takes a really strong sales ability to get two guys to fight over you to the death. I mean, I was just going to settle for a cornhole duel. Or something else <laughs> is really strong. Yeah, r- right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what would you mean? <laughs> well, I'm not calling her a thought. But. <laughs> She'd be doing them kegels. Right. Oh, all right. Now, here's our next story, and this one comes to us from Canada. I'm going to pass this picture around here to let Jason see this. And uh, it's a, a snowman. He's just chilling. He's sitting there. Show this to AJ. I'm not sure if AJ is. sweater. It's just a little Christmas little sweater. little Christmas sweater. And uh, it says, let it snow. Now, the cool part about it is apparently this snowman is uh, he's sitting at a table and he looks like he's sitting in like a, a love seat <laughs> and uh, he's got three lines. It's more like let it blow, let it blow. Let yes, it blow. yes. This uh, this is the one where he walks up to the reindeer and goes, you guys like to party? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> there are literally three lines of uh, apparently snow. Powder. Yeah, yeah. This is the Tony Montoya Powdery special. Snow. <laughs> the uh, the sweater is sold by a third party seller on Walmart. Uh, they do not represent Walmart's values and has no place on their website. Walmart said in an updated statement, "We have removed these products from our marketplace. We apologize for any unintended offense this may have caused." The sweaters were not offered on Walmart.com in the U.S. Otherwise, they'd have probably sold out. 
And actually, if they had had them available, I'd have worn them this Friday to our pajama party if I could still get a hold of one of these bad boys. Walmart has faced similar issues before. In 2017, the company apologized for an offensive slur used by a third-party seller on a product listing on their website. But it's not the first time this holiday season that a third-party seller has brought scrutiny to a major online retailer. Earlier in December, Amazon pulled Christmas ornaments depicting the Auschwitz concentration camp. Oh, I saw that. That was terrible. Yes. Images showed the train tracks leading to the entrance of Auschwitz and a number of scenes inside the camps where one million Jewish people are estimated to have been killed. And there was a company that decided that would make a beautiful Christmas ornament. Wow. I'm not even going to, like... <laughs> it's <laughs> it's wild, the things that not people... Not Hanukkah, though. No. Oh, wow. Uh, Minus the Nazi thing, of course, but the, <laughs> but the, the sweatshirt with the cocaine-sniffing uh, snowman. Yeah, thanks for saving that. <laughs> Thank you. you. You're welcome. But if you think about that, like, somebody is going to take that idea and run with it and make money. So if Walmart is smart enough, which they're smarter than most of us, right? So they're probably you've got lawyers that have locked that down where that can't be even copyrighted or made, even though they're not going to produce it. Yeah, I'm going to make another version with just four lines, so it's different. And we make our own show shirts. No. Yeah. Four I, to I the floor. Four to the floor. All right, here's our third and final story for the week. And this one comes to us from Tennessee. 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 Take me to another right. place. Horseshoes. All right. <laughs> now, last week we talked about people that get pissed off when they go to a store and things don't work out this way. And it happened again. Only this time it was at McDonald's. I feel bad for McDonald's workers. I feel like they get the brunt of a lot of people's frustrations. Well, sometimes they cause the frustrations. Yeah, but should they? Should you really expect that much from a place that sells a hamburger for a dollar? Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. It's drive-through. When you can get better service at White Castle than McDonald's, sometimes that's an issue. I, again, we're we're dealing with whether or not you're getting good service at a place that serves hamburgers through a it's window. It's the only time that I've been a little bit violent. All right. Well, here's a lady that got violent. <laughs> She's uh, Asia Vester, 20 years old. She was arrested Tuesday and charged with aggravated assault and unlawful possession of a weapon. Apparently. What she, kind of weapon? It, she, it, was, it, was, it was a was gun. Uh, apparently she wanted some jelly. Now, I don't know if she wanted to throw it on her biscuit or what she wanted, peanut butter and jelly time. But apparently they gave her ketchup, and she was not happy. So she ran into the McDonald's, pulled a gun, because oh, she shit. got ketchup instead of some jelly. I mean, that's a little excessive. Just a little? <laughs> that seems that's a lot excessive. of excessive. Yes. I actually threw a cheeseburger at somebody. Were you working there? No, I wasn't working there. What? It was my third time through the drive-thru. And you threw it at somebody? Yes. So you're particular about what's on your hamburger. Yeah, I can't have any pickle or mustard. And you opened it up and... I opened it up. It. I said no pickle and mustard. Went through, had pickle and mustard on it. Went through again. Said, hey, this has got pickle and mustard on it. They gave it to me again. And I'm thinking they made it all new. They wiped the pickle and mustard <laughs> off. It still had yellow... Residue from the mustard and pickle juice on it, and I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" <laughs> That's funny. So I threw the cheeseburger in the window, and I said, "I'm done with you. You Did guys just ruined my entire lunch." <laughs> <laughs> it's sad when McDonald's dictates your day. I called back and apologized, but still, it pissed me <laughs> off. Like I only had a half hour that day, so I ran to McDonald's thinking, "Quick and easy, right?" Right. 
And you're in there checking sandwiches. <laughs> Piss me off. <laughs> I don't like pickle or mustard. Well, that I'm not going to eat it. I was a cheeseburger thrower. Yeah, well. Yeah, well. And now you're here with us. I, I you know what? I was not holding anybody with so, a gun and a wire and shit. Okay. <laughs> you were, you were a life coach, according to the lady on the airplane. That's right. You throw cheeseburgers so, yeah, at people. No, right. You, know, you give them twice. I knew that I probably shouldn't be a life coach, and some gal guessed that I was a life coach on the airplane. I'm like, you don't know me, honey. I probably. Yeah. If there's mustard on it the third time. Mustard on it the third time. You just wipe that off <laughs> instead of making me a new sandwich. I think that's even better. They may have wiped it off with their tongue. <laughs> no, yeah, there was not a napkin. It was involved. a spitburger. <laughs> right. I got a large Something was being wiped with, with that it. too. Right. I got a large farva too. <laughs> They're like, there's a giant mushroom track right through the middle of my mustard. <laughs> I didn't even know you guys served mushrooms. Oh, Why on. does this hamburger smell like B.O.? <laughs> it smells like chili cheese Fritos. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, we greatly appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you for letting me come. This oh, awesome. it's our pleasure, and we hope you have enjoyed yourself. And um, you're welcome back anytime, especially if you're going to bring pie. I will. I'll bring pie for sure. Anybody that, yeah, just a kind of a word of advice for any future guests. If you bring home baked goods... We will think of you in a better light. <laughs> well, I thank you all, Gibbler. We will talk to them all next week. After two years.